Yo, promptly at 7. I mean, when I see 7 on my computer, start stream. It's happening. Not 7.01, not 7.02, 7. For all of you that don't know, welcome to the stream. I hope that's a lot of you. For whatever reason, this stream picks up more new viewers than anybody. So for all of you that are used to me, you're going to have to hear the four-minute spiel before I jump into my shit about this week. Because, you know, I'm trying to grow the brand. Chill the fuck out. So for all of you that don't know, I'm the Degenerate 75. I'm a high-limit PGA DFS player who is trying to bring something new to this industry. I am trying to be entertaining and kind of know what the fuck I'm talking about. Because I just don't find a lot of that out there. Where I find people that are entertaining, but they don't know shit about DFS. And I know I see people out there that know a lot about DFS, and they're not fucking entertaining at all. I'm trying to marry those two worlds. Um, a little bit about what you should probably expect. Because if you're brand new, which I, once again, I hope is a lot of you. Welcome, my buddy. But if you're new, uh, first thing I would say is, that, like, we're this, there's no production company here. I have no corporate overlords. So, like, the production value, if you're looking for high production value and fancy shit to happen, uh, on-set studio, it's not going to happen. There's just a fucking green screen behind me. You're just going to have to deal with that. Um, so I can't really do that, but I promise you, I know more about DFS than those guys. Wink, wink. And on the flip side of that, if you were looking for somebody to just spoon feed your picks and give you, Hey bud, this is who you're going to play this week. And you don't want to think for yourself and grow and be your own DFS player. You know, well then I would tell you to go pay your $75 to those doubt sites and fuck off. Cause this probably ain't the place for you. Cause here we're trying to help people get better at PGA DFS by doing shit their own way. I'm going to give you a couple pointers of the things that I've learned over these last five years of doing this at a high limit. And hopefully you can take those and grow and become your own successful player not play my picks play your picks that's it that's what we do here so go give me a follow right now because if you don't know we're probably going to get to 900 subscribers tonight which is insane because i got a huge bet with two buddies that i can't get to a thousand by the open championship and basically they've told me that they want to buy out and i, I told them to fuck off at this point there's no way we're not going to get there because like we're rolling like a like a runaway train so we're going to get to a thousand i would love to get to a thousand this weekend because sunday i am taking off to las vegas yeah the big place las vegas for five days going on a golfing trip with some buddies you know i'll be doing some degenerate gambling gonna play in a couple world series of poker events it's gonna be fucking lit and if i have their money the whole trip is more than paid for so uh if we could get me to a thousand by the end of this week that'd be awesome and i'm gonna be doing a whole bunch of stuff this week to try to get some people there so i hope that'll motivate you go turn on notifications so you never miss my streams we stream on wednesday night and now we stream friday for the live cut sweat even for the john deere we're gonna do it you fucking bedwetters i don't want to hear it oh it's the john deere nobody cares no that is such a loser attitude i care like all the people that are in here care and all the people that are winning the money at gpps this week they fucking care so quit being a bedwetter i ain't got time for that shit uh we do the show uh, this is the showdown hoedown so of course we do showdown features every friday and saturday night focusing on round three and round four those are recorded videos but I am thinking tomorrow I'm going to do a very special prize picks video where I see a huge edge coming up for Friday based on the weather that I really want to be playing some prize picks. So I'm going to start incorporating that in here, maybe bringing in a new audience. I don't fucking know, but I know I've been playing prize picks for three weeks and I win like fucking crazy at that because so much of the stuff you do at DFS directly crosses over to prize picks. So if you're not into that and you like my channel, we'll just know I'll probably sell you on it tomorrow. So get ready for that. Um, we're in pod form. If you're not a YouTube kind of guy, go listen to me on pod. I'm getting like triple digits on all my pod downloads, which is crazy. Cause it's just this audio stuck on pod. It's not even fancy or anything. Um, you can go listen to that on Apple, on Amazon, on Spotify, or on all of there. If you want to leave me a five-star review on Apple, you see that big ass wheel, see that big wheel. Where's that? Is it right here? This big wheel right here. I can never remember what side it is. Um, that uh if you go give me a five-star review and leave your twitter tag on there and say some nice things you get three names on that wheel and then even after the the spins over i just give you one on there forever and what is that wheel that's to win uh tickets to play lineups with me i'm not just going to give you 20 bucks and say fuck off peasant i'm going to dm you we're going to make lineups together and we're going to go sweat a million bucks at the open championship which is coming up in like two weeks so my giveaways are a little bit cooler than everybody else's because not only am i giving you a free you know a, a free roll at a half a million dollars but i'm also going to give you my time and effort and my process to build a lineup with me i've had about eight winners so far and i bet if you pulled them it'd go eight for eight on people that liked it so you should definitely do it as always the stream is brought to you by ranch water um i'm not always this energetic i'm pretty energetic dude but like that pumps me up to i think we've agreed on 152 percent. so i'll be drinking that hopefully i won't have to pee uh you know the, the 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 ver the verdict is uh is still pending on that one. we'll have to see hopefully if i start like talking really quick at the end and i just end the stream and run off you'll know what happened you'll know what happened 
Um, so as you can see, we're going to be doing a big ass giveaway tonight. I'm actually feeling pretty damn generous. I'm probably going to do my one for all the people that are on there. And then I might even do a couple over here in the chat. So make sure you stick around. If you're thinking, Oh, my name is on that big spinny wheel right there. I'll do the drawing now. How about, uh, no, how about, cause then you'll just leave you asshole. You're going to stick around to the end. You're going to answer my hard questions. You're going to ask some questions over here in Q and a, and then we'll do the big ass drawing at the end. So that's what we're going to do. That's the plan. Um, uh, next Wednesday is a bit of a conundrum because I, people love this stream. They know, don't, don't you fucking make your lineups before you watch this stream. And I can't like get people sold on that idea. And then next week I'm in Vegas. So I'm going to be like, well, you guys are on your own. I can't do that. Not to my people. I'm, I'm, I'm way too loyal for that shit. So next Wednesday, am I going to have the live stream? Yes. Is it going to be a huge pain in the ass? Yes. Am I going to be doing it live from my Caesar's palace room overlooking the Bellagio? Yes. Um, is it going to go well to be determined, but that's the plan. I'm going to be uh, doing this stream right here that you are currently watching in 168 hours from now. I will be doing it live from Caesar's palace. Um, it'd be cool if they let me do it like right with a craps table behind me, but it'd probably be hard to hear me. So we'll probably just do it from the room. It better be overlooking the Bellagio. That's the room that I got fucking booked from my host. They better not fuck that up. Um, so that's what's happening next Wednesday. Friday is the cut sweat show. Probably looking at 4 PM my time, but we're going to kind of see, uh, we'll have to watch the weather. So to be determined on that. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, come to the cut sweat show. It's growing. We had like 50, 60 people in here last week, not near as many as we keep for this. So I want to see a lot more in there for that one. All right. I think it's that time. I'm really trying to keep this under 40 minutes tonight so we can have more Q&A on the back end. So let me just ask you one simple question, folks. Just one just one simple question. Are you ready? Are you, are you ready? Hey, new guy. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I'm glad you're hanging around. But I just have one simple question for you. Have you made your lineups yet? Yeah, the lineups for tomorrow for the John Deere. Have you made those? Why the fuck have you already made your lineups? What are you doing? What are you doing? Have you seen the potential weather that's rolling in and the wave split? You haven't? Have you seen that Webb Simpson might be 30% owned and you haven't even factored that into your decision, mate? You haven't? Have you heard about Jason Day's got a stiff back and he might bitch-ass withdraw? You have, and, and you've already made your lineups and you haven't heard of any of those things? What are you doing? What are you doing? This is why you don't make lineups until Wednesday night. You need all the pertinent information and that's what I'm going to provide to you here. So if you've made your lineups already, shame on you. Now, if you have your guys that you like and those guys you're leaning towards, well, then you get it. But if you've already made up your mind and all your lineups are made and you're just leaning back and enjoying your night, well, then shame on you. You don't get it, bro. So let's start where we always start. You know what? A, a, a dude uh, texted me a question today. He said he'd put it over here in the chat, but I don't want to forget. Some people ask me, why don't you ever cover FanDuel? You're always talking about DraftKings. And just so you know, long term, I have won more money on FanDuel, ROI, I guess I should say. I've had a larger return on my investment on FanDuel than I have on DraftKings. Um, he said, why do you always play DraftKings and talk about DraftKings? And the answer is simple. They have much bigger contests and I'm a fucking degenerate chasing huge prizes. It's a very simple answer, right? However, FanDuel tends to have smaller prizes because they were late to the game. We're in about like, ooh, is DFS golf legal? Dumbasses. And so now they got so far behind DK, they can never catch up. However, do not let that be lost on you that there can still be huge advantages to be had on FanDuel. All FanDuel golf is, because nobody covers it. I mean, nobody covers it. All it is, is people go make all their DraftKings lineups, and then they think, hey, I'll just go put those guys in my FanDuel lineups. But if you don't know, FanDuel has way softer pricing. And so the chalky guys over on FanDuel get fucking ridiculously chalky. I'm talking like 50% owned Webb Simpson this week. And if you if you know anything about week-long GPPs, you should play a you should play a 50% owned guy about as much as you should shoot yourself in in the face with a gun which i would argue was never it's just not a good policy and so just by doing that you get huge leverage on the field over there just by fading the chalk and you're like well i don't know what the chalk is on FanDuel." yes you do it's the same chalk as DraftKings, just 10 times worse because the pricing is so much softer over on FanDuel, and you can cram a thousand studs in there so you do know it and if you want to just be lazy and be like oh i'm just gonna take my DraftKings picks and go put them on FanDuel," well then you don't get it because on FanDuel you should really just take anybody you took on DraftKings that you feel is a little chalky that you don't like sure as shit don't play them on FanDuel because they're going to be an extra 20 percent chalky over there there you go that's the advice and if you don't know FanDuel, i wish they'd get better events i do i want to play FanDuel. it's such a bigger edge um but you know they they just they fucking they're just punting on uh on 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 on, on uh gpps so you know, on golf, I guess I should say. They're good at other sports, but not at that one. 
All right, contest selection. Let's get going. We're running through this. What am I seeing from old DK? Because, you know, we're going to look at DK. They got all the sexy prizes. Um, contest selection, they're all filling up. There's not going to be overlays tomorrow. Um, as always, I'm going to be very tight with my player pool. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm playing all of the single entries, the 100. I think there's three or four uh, $200 single entries, some $100 single entries. And then I'm going to just sprinkle 150 into the $5 um i that's just the comfort you know like this week i'm cutting you know normally i play about five thousand dollars in lineups this week i'm only doing about two thousand uh before showdown um that's just the number i'm comfortable with this week it seems like a little bit more of a gamble so I, that's just how i want to play it for all of you that are on a budget let me help you on what you should pick go check out like if you're on a twenty dollar budget don't go put one lineup in the big twenty dollar or one lineup in the secondary twenty dollar yeah the secondary twenty dollars already up so there ain't going to be an overlay homie Go down here and look at like these $1.20 maxes and stuff. That's where it's at. That's what you want to see. Uh, of course, I can't find it now that I'm on here. But like that would be a much better way so you can make multiple lineups. You can practice having a player pool. If you have 20 lineups, a 20 max, you probably want to have about 15 to 16 players in your player pool. And then just mix and match those players and practice getting proper exposure to your players. Practice getting... Uh, a, a, a nice tight player pool and practice, you know, like making GPP plays, you know, like not fucking playing 31% on Webb Simpson. That's what you do in those things. And that's what uh, I'm encouraging you to do if you're like on a $20 budget. You know, if you're on like a $100 budget, first of all, you should go play in the PME Open, Pat Mayo's tournament, because it's $15, three, it's a three max, $15 rate free. You can't beat that. And then go look at this $33 single entry. That's a great tournament. Go check out the $12 single entry, the $5 single entries. Those single entries are where it's at because other players who are, you know, a lot more experienced than you can't have leverage on you by mass entering 150 contests. They get one lineup, you get one lineup. And like, that's a lot more fair of an advantage than this guy gets 150 and you get one. And this guy that does 150 lineups, you best believe he knows what he's doing. He can afford to put 150 lineups in there. He's not a fucking moron. So... That's, uh, that's kind of how you want to attack it. That's how you take a small budget and grow into somebody who plays hundreds of dollars a week and then maybe thousands of dollars a week, whatever level you hope to get to. If you're content just playing your $20 a week and you just want to make that money last as long as possible, I'm telling you a 20 max $1, um, a bunch of $5 single entries, maybe a $5 single entry, a, three, a $12 single entry, stuff like that is going to be better. So... That's what I would tell you about contest selection. Let's get on to this. I'm telling you, I'm not fucking around tonight. I have goals. I'm trying to pick up the pace and not promote my brand so much. Although I really would like that large amount of money I'm about to win from these fuckers. So go subscribe. Tell your wife, hey, honey, go ahead and subscribe real quick. This guy seems cool. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you too, mother father. All right. Hey, hey, a new guy. I know, I know. I shouldn't keep giving you all these questions in front of all my established friends here. But I got to ask you, what's the first thing we check? It's... It's week long. What's the first thing we check? I'll give you a clue. It's the same thing we check it. It showed down. What is it? Come on. What is it? Yeah, you're a fucking moron. Nope. It's wind and weather. And that's what we're going to check. We're going to go over here to the wind finder. It's at Quad City International Airport, which I believe is right out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I, I know because I went and found it on the map. And wind is a little tricky. So if you look at this, it looks like tomorrow morning they're going to have softer winds and it's going to pick up in the afternoon. That's pretty clear. However, do not forget to account for it's going to be a little gustier tomorrow morning. When I look at this, I tend to favor the consistent winds. Because when I go over here, because we're fucking adults here, if you don't know. We check more than one site. So when I go over here and I check Willy Weather, look. Oh, oh, Willy Weather, what's going on here? Tomorrow morning, moderate, moderate, gentle. And then, oh, by the afternoon, they're going to be rolling out there all afternoon in moderate winds, 16 to 18 miles an hour, according to both sites. So that makes me think that the morning wave tomorrow will play easier. But a lot of times that's the case. Winds pick up in the afternoon. That's typical. So we got to go look at the next day, Friday, because, you know, like there's two days before the gut. I hope you know that. If not, don't worry. I've got a video coming out for noobs soon enough. So let's see what we see Friday. Friday, it actually looks like the afternoon is going to lay down a little bit more than the morning. How Ever, you do have to consider that there is a chance because we're checking multiple sites here. This is what adults do who are trying to win money and trying to find an advantage at a sport that is super high variant like PGA DFS. So we're going to go look at Friday morning and we're going to see, oh shit, scattered storms at 7 a.m., scattered storms at 8 a.m., scattered thunderstorms at 9 a.m. There is a very, very, very 
good chance that between those three hours, there'll at least be enough electricity in the air that they're going to delay the start. And you say, see, there you go. Generator said five. If they delay the start, then you just guess them with the wind and we'll get fucked over like we did to the players. No, dumbass. That doesn't mean that because our guys, there's no, nothing happening on Thursday. We already know that the morning guys Thursday are probably going to have about a quarter to a half a shot of edge. So then you say, well, Friday that could get all messed up and then those afternoon guys don't get to play. Well, if that's the case, all that means is they end up getting pushed to Saturday and they would go finish their second round on Saturday and Saturday is docile as fuck. So I'm not worried about that. So if those thunderstorms do roll in, it does push back round two. I still think that the AMPM guys have an advantage. Am I going to go all in on this like I've done numerous times? No, I'm not. Am I going to use it to, as a tiebreaker? Yes, I am. I'm go, it will be my tiebreaker. Right now, I think my player pool has something like 47 players in it. I'm doing, a, I think, 165 lineups this week. And I'll probably narrow that down to 28 players. And so here's a $7,200 guy. Here's a $7,200 guy. I like them both the exact same. Who the fuck do I play? Well, it's very simple. One has an AM-PM split. One has a PM-AM split. There you go. That's how I'll use it. Am I going to fade all of the PMAM guys? No, I'm not. But it does so happen that four of the five highest guys I have projected do just happen to come in on that other side. And in my business, we call that a world-class segue. We're on to probably the most important thing we could possibly talk about. Chuck. All right, look at this. Look, at, I, I color-coded for you guys. I even put a, I even put a mother-father legend over here so you can know what my color-coding means. Don't say I don't care about you. I spent literally minutes working on this for you. Don't, don't say I don't do anything for you. Ownership. Uh, so, okay, let's talk about the big three things to consider in ownership. I, okay, I'm going to forgive me. Forgive me. Now that I've got like 200 people in here, forgive me, everybody. I got to give me a two-minute bitch rant, Okay. I have a lot of people that like to send me DMs, which I appreciate, you know, like that they think that I'm important enough and knowledgeable enough to help them. And I constantly get complaints about this one website and their ownership. And they say the ownership there is always off. And I listened to their ownership and it got me off of guys that did not come in nearly highly as owned as possible. And I'm not going to give names. I'm not here to shit on anybody. However, I do want to point out that this site um, I have done an expose before, like three or four streams ago. Go check it out. I didn't give it by name then. I'm not going to give it by name now. And I thought surely after I like called them out, they'll like, you know, I didn't call them out by name, but like they got word that like they need to fix their shit. And I got a, a complaint about ownerships looking messed up again today. So what did I do? I went and looked at it. I got their information. I looked. And first of all, there's three things you want to consider. The first one is like when you are picking ownership projections, because let's face it, ownership projections for PGA DFS are fucking difficult because we're all just guessing. So the best thing you can do when trying to make a guess over something that is so random is to take it in the aggregate. Okay, forgive me if you don't know words over like seven letters. Aggregate just means like on the whole, combining a whole bunch of stuff. So the best thing you can do when looking at ownership is to take multiple sites and look at what they're saying, put those all together and maybe draw like an average. So then you're taking in multiple points of view to consider averages on players, right? That's a good thing to do. But this site is literally just somebody like pulling numbers out of their fucking ass. That's it. They're just like, nah, 23.4. Like what the fuck? Where do you get this from? So that is not a good way to start. The second thing is, and this is like literally second grade shit. So imagine you're like a data, we're a data driven website and you can't even do basic math. When you do your player projections for all 144, 156 players, however many is in the field, the total number of ownership should equal 600. And the last time I did this, their ownership equaled 648. And now they've really improved. It's now 631%. <sighs> What the fuck are you doing? 631% just naturally means that those six spots in a lineup are all naturally going to be inflated by 5%. 30% divided by the six spots. 5% just naturally inflated. Just random bullshit numbers because you can't get your totals to equal 600. What are you doing? I wouldn't be mad. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. And then the third thing you want to consider is... If you really want to know if ownership projections are even feasible, you take a player's ownership, Webb Simpson is 10,600, you go multiply it times, his, times your projected ownership for him, 30.5%, and then you do that for all of the players in the field. You take all those, you take that total number, and you divide it by 600, because 600% is 100% for the six spots, and that number should equal nothing larger than 83.33. That is the average amount you can spend on a player. If all this math is advanced for you, that's okay. You don't have to get it. I get it. It and I'm here to hold your hand. But his site 
equals $8,700. So like the projections are ridiculous because you can't, there's no way those could be accurate because like you'd need $8,700 a player and you only get 8,300. So I can already tell you those are bullshit. Why does this matter? Well, A, people are fucking paying for this content. If you're paying for content, you should have like some expectations that it's going to be decent and that like you can use it because if you don't know this, the single most important thing in PGA DFS without question is ownership. And if you're getting flawed ownership numbers, you're fucked from the beginning because now you're trying to determine, oh, I can't play that guy at that ownership, but he's not going to be that ownership because it's overinflated because it's some guy pulling numbers out of his ass. You also need to know it because, okay, I am going to eat the chalk on this guy and I want to play at least 2x whatever he's projected at. But if his number is inflated, you're going to end up playing way more of him than you should to get the proper leverage. So all I'm saying is like, you don't need to go call anybody out or shit on anybody. You basically just need to ask for better because you're paying for these services. This isn't some random crumb bum on Twitter with three followers throwing these numbers out there. This is something that people pay for. And you should expect better. That's it. And it ain't just this one site. It's a lot of them. It seems like the more you pay, the, the worse they get. All right. I digress. If you don't like it, fucking quit watching. Um, all right. Um, here's the ownership, right? I got it labeled donkey chalk for you. But that's a little misleading. This is just the 11 guys. I looked at multiple sites. I factored in 600% for all of them. I multiplied it out to make sure it was 8,300. And I took all of these sites in the aggregate and what I know from five years of doing this shit at the highest level about ownership at these slapdick tournaments like the John Deere. And here's what I think the ownership will be tomorrow. Bear in mind, this is kind of an average for like, you know, the big $20. If it is a $200 single entry or a three max, they tend to be a little bit higher. Chalky guys get a little bit chalkier in single entries and three maxes. They get really chalky when you start getting up into the 555, the 3180, the high level stuff. But let's be real. Most of you aren't playing that, so you don't give a shit. So these are the numbers I came up with. You've got Webb. He's going to be the highest owned. I got him at 30.5%. Most of the sites have him more like 27, 28, but I just know that it, when the average, you know, 50-year-old dude's like, I'm going to make a lineup this week. And be like, who the fuck are these guys? I ain't heard of a one of them. Well, I'm going to put that Webb in there because I know him and he's real good. And so like those guys, there's more of those guys than you realize out there. So I've got Webb coming in higher than you think, probably at about 30.5%. If he came in at 35 and single entry, 40% single entry would not surprise me a bit. Is that a hard fade oh you'll see friend number two i have adam Habwin coming in at 23.4 percent and that's pretty chalky for adam Habwin. i mean we're treating adam Habwin all of a sudden like he's like what fucking colin no not colin morcow who's somebody that's actually good uh we're treating him like who's a really good player xander shoffle oh can't believe i said that okay now Really, that's the only ones over 20%. That's the only one that's ridiculous chalk. But you do have Patrick Rogers coming in at 19.6, Cam Davis at 19.1, Tigala at 18.8, Shank at 17.8. You can fucking see it. It's right here above, above my shoulder. I can never remember which one I'm pointing at. It's at one of these two shoulders right here, okay? I feel like it should be here, so it's probably here. Now, this is an important thing to remember. Everybody, uh, a noob thinks that chalk, oh yeah, chalk is the highest on guys. No, it's not. Uh, I hope you're new and I hope you've never heard me say this. And if you have heard me say this, I hope you know what I'm already about to say. Chalk is relative. Chalk means you are higher owned relative to the guys around you. That's what it means. So just because you're a highly owned guy doesn't necessarily mean you chalk. And that is why I took the liberty to look at my, hold on, I hope I'm pointing correctly this time. I color coded it for you between good chalk, bad chalk, and eh chalk. I think that's how you spell eh. I was drinking. Once again, brought to you by Ranch Water. So let's talk about what's bad chalk and why it's bad chalk. First of all, Aaron Rodgers, I have him coming in as the third highest owned player. Well, uh, or not Aaron Rodgers. What the fuck? You can tell I'm ready for football season. Patrick Rodgers coming in at a smooth uh, almost 20%. Uh, Patrick Rogers, and by the way, he is sixth in my model. You'll see my model in just a second. Patrick Rogers is coming in. Is that good chalk or bad chalk? That is the definition of donkey ass chalk. Patrick Rogers blows. He is terrible, and you're going to go pay 20% for him. And let's say this is the one out of 10 times a year he actually does well at a tournament. You'd be like, told you to generate five. Patrick Rogers is the man. Great asshole. Now you got to go share him with 25,000 other people on that GPP. So what did you do? Like, how about you just play the odds that he's going to suck balls because he's Patrick Rogers, and then you already have 20% of the field. Box the fuck out. It's a piece of cake. That's a, that's a terrible chalk play. What else makes Patrick Rogers terrible chalk is there's so many better options directly around him. Just like objectively better players who don't suck. 
So look at this. I made a little category for you here. I told you I didn't mail it in today. I've been working hard for you all day. Almost died in a sauna. I hope you saw that on Twitter. Um, literally anyone with a pulse. I give you a nice idea for a pivot. Who's a good pivot off of Aaron, or Aaron Rodgers again? God. Patrick Rodgers is literally anybody with a pulse. You know why? Because Patrick Rodgers sucks. And so you can play anybody around him, and he is a better play. And if he get, if he, I can already tell you, he'll be like T3 tomorrow after round one. He'll be like, I thought Patrick Rodgers sucked. He does suck. Trust me. He sucks. That is terrible chalk. And maybe he'll play well. Maybe he'll win this fucking tournament. That doesn't make him not bad chalk. Because even when he wins this tournament, you're still going to min cash your piece of shit lineup because you're sharing him with 20% of people and he sucks. And you probably, if you're playing that kind of donkey chalk, you're pl- probably playing all the other donkey chalk. Other donkey chalk, Scott Stallings. I got him coming in at 17.2%. Um, uh, let me just go ahead and tell you that name again. Scott Stallings. What are we doing? I know this is the John Deere classic and like they all suck, but like Scott Stallings, by the way, Scott Stallings won my very first GPP I ever had. He was my 1% owned guy that won me the GPP. So he has a special place in my heart. He truly does over on FanDuel, by the way. However, he's Scott Stallings and Scott Stallings ain't that good, especially when you have Christian Bezaten who right next to him, who's objectively a better player and going to probably be roughly about a little over half of the ownership as him. If you believe that Scott Stallings is twice as likely to outperform Christian Bezaten, who please go send me a DM on Twitter telling me you'll give me two to one odds. I'll bet any amount of money you want that Bez beats Stallings. That's just basic. That's just basic game theory. You're making picks. I'm playing a game. I hope you understand that. And then the last one that is just disgusting bad chalk is Adam Svensson. When you start to get below 8,000 and you see guys creeping up over 15, 16, 17% ownership, red flags should be going the fuck up. And Adam Svensson is a guy that I get it. He's a good ball striker, but this ain't necessarily a ball striker course. Furthermore, Adam Svensson is a horrific putter. I mean horrific. And do you really trust him to be rolling in a bunch of 10-footers for birdie this week? I don't. But the most important point I can make to you about why Adam Svensson is horrific chalk is there's just such superior options right around him for the exact same price or a hair cheaper. Look, I even listed them here for you. What is it, right here? Right here? Look, look, look. Gim, Lahiri, Smalley. All of these guys, in my opinion, are just as good a place as him that will all come in legit half to a third of his ownership. I mean, that's just crazy. That's crazy. Like, what are you doing? All right, now let's talk about eh, Chuck. All right, that's Webb, Hadwin, Cam Davis, Shank, and Hardy. Why are they eh? Well, they're not like terrible chalk because like there's not obvious pivots around them. That's part of it. They are all guys that are objectively good players. However, what I would say, what makes Hadwin and Webb really tricky is here on the Degenerate 75 site, I preach 2X rule. If you're going to play Webb Simpson 2X what the field plays him, you would have to play him in 61% of your lineups. Do you really want 61% of your lineups committed to Webb Simpson? Or if you play Hadwin, you've got to have him in 47% of your lineups. You're ready to commit to Adam Hadwin in 47% of your lineups. Because if you're going to just go play, I'll just play Hadwin in like 25% of my lineups. Congratulations. You're what we call a rake, a rake player. And we appreciate you for being the donkey that just pays the DK rake because you have no chance at winning because you have no leverage on any of your players. Cam Davis does seem like a superior talent, just straight talent to the other players around him. However, there are really good pivot options around him. So that is why Cam Davis at 19%, as much as I may like him, there are superior pivot options around him. That's why I put him as eh, chalk. Same thing with Adam Shank. You're like, hey, Adam Shank's the same price as Fenson. And he's a higher ownership. Why isn't he donkey chalk? Well, he was borderline, but I ended up giving him eh, chalk because Adam Shank just kills soft, easy courses. Adam Shank, I still think, is going to you know be checked. His ownership will be checked by Svensson being there. And Adam Shank is just like, I just trust him to like go shoot an eight under tomorrow more than I trust Adam Svensson to shoot an eight under. And if Adam Svensson shoots at an eight under tomorrow, he'll shoot a 72 the next day and work it all out. So I'm not that worried about it. Hardy. I kind of like Hardy's recent form. The reason I didn't put him in okay chalk is like Hardy is 8,700 and we're used to paying like 7,200 for him. So I'm like, is that, is he really an $8,700 golfer? I don't know. Now these last three guys that I put on here is okay chalk. They're okay chalk because they're not really chalk. When you take in relative to where they're at, the other ownership around them, they're not that high. So if you want to play Tigala this week, I would not call that chalk, even though he's 19%. 19% is not that high when there's only four guys over 10K. So if you want to play Tigala, you know, like, I don't think that's bad chalk at all. I'm not saying he's a good play. I'm just saying that's not donkey chalk. 
It is a higher owned player, but he's not chalk because people are naturally going to spend their salary. And when they spend their salary, they're going to spend it on the most expensive guy. So he's going to just naturally get ownership. What makes him decent chalk is he's actually a relatively good pivot compared to Webb and Hadwin. There you go. Adam Long. I have him as the 10th highest owned guy coming in at about 17%. But when you look at all the guys directly around him, Cam Davis right below him, Stallings right above him, he's actually going to be lower owned. And I think he is an objectively better play than those guys. So for me, that is what I would call good chalk or quote unquote, okay chalk. It's like chalk that's acceptable to eat because a lot of people see 17% and be like, I'm not playing Adam Long at 17%. But all the guys above 8,500 are going to have a certain amount of ownership just because people naturally spend their fucking money. It's not that hard to understand. And then Mav McNeely at 9,500. I was surprised to see him catch so much steam. I thought he was going to be my sneaky play this week. But once again, when people use up their salary, guys over 8,500 are just going to draw ownership. 16.5 is still much lower than a lot of his peers in that area. And I just think Maverick McNeely, if you, him and Scott Stallings played 100 rounds, Maverick McNeely would beat him like 67 of those times. So like the fact that Stallings is going to be more, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. So there you go. There's my ownership. You want to see all my ownership? Do you want to see all that? Well, I don't have it. And you're not going to get to see it. Maybe I'll, you know, it's coming one day, but it ain't going to be for free, homie. So there you go. Uh, these ownerships are well thought out. They are on the aggregate from multiple different sites. They uh, equal uh, 83.33 as the total average per player. And most importantly, they equal, you know, 600 fucking percent, which is the easiest math in the world to do. Because if your total for all of your projections are 700%, well, then you're going to get inflated odds, moron. Okay, let's get to my stats. Let's get to the model. Once again, hopefully I'm not running too long. Where am I at? 731. Oh, shit, we're running long. Okay, man, I was, all right, 745. I got to get to questions. What does that leave me? 14 minutes. Shut the fuck up. Here we go. Things I looked at. The most important thing I looked at this week, there were a lot of things. Approach. I want guys who've been hot with approach recently. Don't just go look at approach and be like, I want good approach players. It doesn't matter how they were hitting approaches in 2020. I want guys that are doing it recently. So I just looked at the last 12 rounds or the last, you know, essentially three or four tournaments, depending if they missed the cut. Here's a good one. This is one that really started to grow on me. I want to see guys who play well on easy scoring conditions. Because I think by and large, like 90% of the time, this course has easy scoring conditions. Sometimes they're moderate. So I want to see guys who've done well on that over their last nine or 10 tournaments. So 36 holes. Par four scoring uh, on easy courses. And this was a really tricky one. Uh, No, this isn't it. Uh, 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 Oh, yes, it is. Last 24 uh, holes. Fuck. Oh, here's the important one. Uh, Bob... Birdie or better, easy on easy courses over the last 36 holes. This one really started growing me because I want guys who know how to score on easy courses. If you just search birdie or better, that's going to be pulling in medium hard courses, hard courses, easy courses. I want to know just who scores well on easy courses because that's what this is going to be. I want to know who roasts birdie fests. I don't give a shit around the greens. I want to know who does well on bent. I want to just take a peek at Deer Run, who's played well here. And then here was a sneaky one I found from people who finish in the top 10. I've never done this in my model before. Guys who putt well from 10 to 15 feet. And believe it or not, this is going to blow your fucking mind. You know who's really good at this stat? Lucas Glover. He's a horrific putter. But 10 to 15 feet for his entire career, he's been an amazing putter. I think he's kind of like Will Zalatoris in that way. That like from 14 feet, he has a smooth putting stroke. But you get him four feet away, he gets like, you know, like, I don't know, Tourette's or something. So that was something I found. And I actually put it in my model and considered it. And who's number one in my model? Of course it's Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson's number one in your model. You gotta play him. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know why Webb Simpson's number one on my model? Because all these other ass clowns suck. And so he's going to just naturally be number one. Here's what I want to talk about. Webb and Hadwin. Everybody seems to be treating them as like the upper crust of this tournament. No, they're clearly a step above everybody. First of all, is Adam Hadwin a step above fucking anybody? Get the fuck out of here. Adam Hadwin is clearly better than the rest of the field. Are you, are you fucking sane? Get... <laughs> whatever if you think that me and you were clearly not having an adult conversation so webb simpson and adam Hadwin are clearly the upper crust of this tournament okay well i think you're just saying that because of where they're priced in salary you might be considering that because of recent form but here's what i would say to you neither of them are elite neither of them are like world class and don't get it twisted i have played some web chalk in my life i've played web at over 30 percent twice and i know a lot of you are throwing up in your mouth right now saying degenerate you played somebody at over 30 percent yes when it's win when it's web at the windham like and i know worst case scenario he's gonna get t3 you got to play him you got to play him 
But like that was old Webb. Webb from two years ago was a fucking top 10 player in the world that was unstoppable. That ain't the guy anymore. Go check out Webb Simpson. In the past 10 months, in the past 10 months, he's had precisely, precisely one top 10 at the RMN Classic, RSM Classic. His last one before that was Wyndham. So since 822 of last year, the Northern Trust, which I was at at the Fantasy Golf World Championship, we call that a flex in the business. Uh, he has had one top 10. That's elite? One top 10 in 10 months? Get get out of here. Get out of here with that. He is not elite anymore. He is not an autoplay. This isn't a course where he just automatically kills it at. Let's check him out on... Uh, wait, he's never even played John Deere. So yeah, Webb Simpson being like, I can't miss. I just can't buy that. He This isn't one of those courses where he's in a super elite and a top three is guaranteed. He could easily finish 20th place. Easily finish 20th place. So if he finishes 20th place, I'm more than happy than fading him. I don't think he's going to miss the cut, but I could definitely see a T38 or something like that. He just, I want to believe Webb is back. I keep playing him every week, every week. Webb's going to be back to being himself. He's not that guy anymore. He's still struggling with that injury. He's not that guy. So if you tell me he's going to be over 30%, see you fucking bye. No chance I'm playing him. Hey, am I telling you not to play him? I don't give a shit who you play. I'm telling you why I'm not playing him. Because if I'm going to play him, I'm going to play him in 61% of my lineups. And I think playing 61% of Webb in my lineups would be equivalent to getting kicked in the nuts three times. Uh, without a cup on. Not fun. Not fun. Adam Hadwin, yes, he's been playing decent recently, but like, are we really convinced that Adam Hadwin is better than Maverick McNeely? Like, who's got the bigger career arc? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's just not going to be the case. So, I I don't know. I, I just, if you want to call those two guys elite, then play them. But all I do is if you're going to play those two guys, I implore you to at least get them times two in your lineups, which is going to be a huge percentage of your lineups are going to have to be dedicated to those guys. I'm not going to do that. Tigala um, makes a lot of sense, uh, especially at his ownership. Am I planning? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm not going to talk about every guy. I will tell you, I, I'm, I just start guys I want to talk about because I'm not going to talk about one, all 148 guys. I got nine minutes to get through this shit. So, Jason Day. I, no chance I was playing Jason Day at 10,000. But I saw today that he's backs hurting and he might withdraw tomorrow. And all of a sudden I went, oh, now I'm interested. Because Jason Day is one of those guys that like if he doesn't have vertigo or his back's not hurting or like he's dealing with some depression, like he sucks. But you tell me he has a problem, oh, Jason Day for the win. So I'm not going to lie. I'll probably mix some Jason Day in now. And you're like, wait, so he might withdraw. Now you're going to play him? Yes. Yes, I am. He's one of those dramatic fucks like that. So I am interested. Denny McCarthy, well overpriced. We all know this. However, um, if he was going to be overpriced and be 8% owned, I would play Denny McCarthy, which makes me want to vomit. But I still have him at like 15%, so I'm not there. Let's take a, guy, a look at a guy like Charles Howe III. He is sixth in my model. And you're like, oh my God, sixth in your model is so great. But let me, I, I've learned something from the very first days I started playing PGA DFS. If there is a conservative player out on, I don't mean politically, I mean the way they play, a conservative player out on the PGA, it is definitely Charles Howe III. Charles Howe III, and I, I have a perfect stat that I found to encapsulate this. Charles Howe III doesn't go pin stocking, right? He's not a guy throwing darts out there and rolling in three-foot birdies. He hits to the center of the green, gets his birdies on par fives, and, you know, pars every hole. That's what he does. He greens in regulation, which, by the way, I have greens and regulations gained on here. He's number one, which totally supports my point. Yet, when you go look at birdies are better, he is a negative player. He is a negative player on easy courses for birdie or better gain. What does that mean? That means he just throws the ball at the center of the green, two putts everything, and pars it. That's what he does. And so if I'm going to play him, yes, he looks great in a lot of my statistics, but if I care the most about whose approach has been on and birdie or betters recently, I don't care that he's sixth in my model. I'm not playing a guy that I see as conservative. That's the kind of stuff I'm looking at. That's how even when a guy looks good in your model, if you look just a hair deeper, you can see they kind of fucking suck in your model. And Charles Howe III is a great example of that. Bez is popping in my model. No one wants to play him. And I'm a Bez slut. You best believe he'll be getting worked into the player pool. We've already talked about a lot of these guys. We're going to skip them. Uh, Brennan Todd, I was like committed to putting in 100% of my lineups this week. Because he's literally good at everything I want them to be good at. Except he's terrible at easy courses. He does not make a lot of birdies at easy courses. Which really blew my mind. I always think of Brennan Todd as being good at easy courses. But I went and looked. And he's not. You can have these narratives in your mind. But sometimes there's these things called facts that fuck with them. And like they don't check out. Then you factor in that he doesn't have a good course history here at Deer Run. That made me pump the brake. So am I going 100% Brennan Todd? Um, No. Lucas Glover. I told you. Where's that 10 to 15? Look at that. He's a top 10 putter in 10 to 15 foot putting. Lucas Glover, at a course he's won at, 
His approach has been great, and he can roll in those 11-foot birdie putts all day. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not that bad of an option. You, JT Poston being number two in my model. I literally I tweeted out the other night that he was number one in my model, and I was so like I just I was so disgusted by that that I literally went and changed my model so that he wouldn't be number one any longer. So now he's number two in my model, and he looks amazing at everything except playing well at John Deere. Uh, I'm probably more of a course history guy than I should be, so am I going to play him? I'll kind of let ownership dictate that. Uh, Ches Reevy, he's kind of been trending. I do worry that he does not play easy. I love that birdie or better on easy courses over the last 36 holes, and he just hasn't been killing it. But you know who has been killing it and looks really, really good in my model? Adam Shank. Probably why I put him on the possible okay chalk is because I just like that he has a great course history here. He tears apart easy courses, and his approach has been on for the last uh, three uh, uh, tournaments he's played. So he, like in that sense, he, you know, he checked all three of them. And I love a guy whose last name represents what I do with my five iron. I love that. You know, you got you to gotta appreciate it. He named his last name after my five iron, Shank. Um, Adam Svensson, donkey chalk, can't do it. Especially when you have Doug Gim, who I think is just objectively a better player than Adam Simpson right there at half the ownership. That's that's it. That's it. That's what I got. Uh, other guys. I'm not going to go in depth on all these guys. I'm just going to show you my model. Things that I looked at and guys who popped in it. Nick Taylor looked pretty good. Uh, uh, David Lipsky, he's due. Uh, probably, you know, I shouldn't say this, but maybe my favorite play of the whole week is Mark Hubbard. Uh, I love him and his little short putter. Here's, I just want to teach you something. Taylor Pendrith. Is 14th in my model. You're like, oh my God, 14th, that's so good. But notice that what's blacked out here is his approach because I only looked at approach over the last three months. I don't care what Boo Weekly did in 2019 to go back and get his last 12 rounds, right? So you make sure when you're making your model to only look at stats that are relevant. And Taylor Pendrith hasn't played since the players. And so because of that, all of his stats are pretty out of date. Do I really want to play a guy coming back even though it looks good in my model? Probably not. Hank Lebiota checks a lot of boxes for me. Andrew Putnam, I really like the way he's shaping up. Matthias Schwab probably isn't going to jump off your model, but I will point out on easy courses, easy courses, he is number one in birdie or better. Uh, and if you're thinking this is going to be a birdie fest and you want guys who can go low and get you 25 birdies over four days, you best look at Matthias Schwab. And I don't think he's going to be highly owned at all. People are like, what'd you call me? Yeah, Matthias Schwab. Matt Wallace, just look at all the players around him. Matt Wallace is objectively a better player than everybody else around him. Yes, he's horrific in my model. I don't give a shit. He's just a better player than all those other guys. Sam Ryder, uh, great on approach recently. Approach is the number one thing I'm looking at. He's played well here before, and he's great. Birdies are better gained. You best believe I'm going to be riding some Sam Ryder. Uh, Ryan Armour, I don't know. He he looks good in the model, but fuck, he always looks good in my model, and he sucks. Here's one that, that caught my eye. Michael Thompson. Do you remember when everybody used to love Michael Thompson and he was shocked? What the fuck happened to that? When I think of Michael Thompson, I think of him playing well on easy courses. I see he has a great birdie or betters gained on easy courses. So I'm interested. I'm interested. Scott Brown, yeah, I'm not, once again, I can't do it. He sucks at everything. Lee Hodges, second in approach over this time. Rory Sabatini uh, just seems like a better option than all these other guys around the 6,800 range. I think uh, I definitely am going to work him in. Josh Bramlett is a guy I looked at. Chase Seifert is a guy I'm looking at. Wesley Bryan. And then David, okay, once you get below 6,800, please hear me on this. When you get below 6,800, you know, like, you're just going to have to fucking settle. It's 158 at the bar. You know, like, they're closing in two minutes. You ain't getting a hot chick tonight. You got to settle, right? You're just like, ah, okay, she has a nice smile, right? You just fucking settle at this point. And that's what we're doing down here below 6,800. None of these are going to be fucking dime pieces that, like, I'm all in on that guy. They're just not going to be that. You're just going to have to settle. It's 158, bro. So, because of that... I start looking for things like, ooh, David Lingmurth does really well on easy courses. Ooh, David Lingmurth is a good putter on bent grass. Wesley Bryan is a really good bent grass putter. Wesley Bryan's uh, approach has been on recently. This is the things I start looking for. Austin Cook, solid approach recently. Good bent grass putter. Sucks at everything else. It's 159, dude. We got to hurry. We got to hurry. Uh, this guy, he's always done me well, even though he always misses the cut. At least he gets me 12 birdies before he misses the cut. Scott Kachowski, uh, the dude has irons that are electric. I will say his birdie or better on easy courses isn't what I expect. So just saying, we're, we're at Punt City down here, okay? It's 159 and 30 seconds. It's desperation time, brother. Uh, Bing Coles, another guy, he actually looks decent at a whole bunch of statistics. Um, you know, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to check that out. And then the last one, David Hearn, you know. Hey, I'm Canadian. Uh, he has a good course history here. He does well at birdies and better. Um, does he suck at everything else? Yes, but it's 6,200. What do you want? 
Okay, all the all the hot chicks already left are the good looking guys. You gotta you gotta just take somebody at this point. So that's where we're at. All right, that is the model. I've already given you some of my pivots. Uh, we have went over web and had one. Uh, some sleepers. I kind of all those guys I just listed. I would classify as sleepers. Um, round one showdown tomorrow. I'm not going to do it. However, I am going to do a special prize pick show tomorrow. So I hope you tune into that. Trying to grow the audience, bring some new people in. Maybe I'll get some of my DFS people into prize picks. Maybe I'll get some of my prize picks into DFS. Um, one guy I am definitely playing this week. Well, I guess I already tipped him. So I, and I honestly, I'm starting to get enough followers that I'm becoming that guy that can actually move the needle. So I'm already fucking hating that I'm doing this. The one guy I am definitely playing this week. I already, I already said him, so I might as well go with it. Mark Hubbard. I, I just, I, he doesn't seem to be catching as much momentum as he should for how good he is. What a great, great course fit he is. He checks every box I want. Uh, Mark Hubbard. That's the one guy I'm definitely playing. The one guy I'm definitely not playing. If you don't know this new guy, you haven't been fucking paying attention. I will not play Webb Simpson. You could buy my lineups for me this week, and I would not play Webb Simpson. No chance, because you know I like to do this weird thing. It's called fucking winning, and you're not going to win with Webb Simpson in your lineups. I mean, maybe you will, but when he gets T38, you're done. Get the fuck out of here, especially with your 61% of lineups because you're playing times two. Times two ownership, brother. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the giveaway. Look at that big-ass wheel. You're like, man, that is so many names on there. Well, I'll tell you what, just to make it fair for you, this is what we're going to do. Because there's so many names on there, because so many people retweet my shit, and so many people go over to Apple Pod and leave me a five-star review and say something nice with their Twitter handle, I got a bunch of damn names on there. I can't help it that the people love me. I love you too. So because of this, we got the millionaire maker coming up for the Open Championship, and I'm going to draw... I'm going to draw three winners tonight, and you get to make a $25 millionaire lineup with me. So let's get this thing going. Here's our first winner. We're going to do through this quick. So I hope you're here. If not, I'll fucking DM you later. Uh, I'll make my editor shoot me a thing. Winner number one. Who is it? It is G Gordy. Oh, nine. Congratulations. Let's spin it again. We can't spend time on this. We can't spend time on this. I'm going to pick three with one backup because there has not been a single time yet I haven't been able to get a hold of somebody because you mother fathers want to play with me. Uh, sounded weird. HS Sweden Side 21. Sweet, brother. $25 millionaire maker ticket on me. We're going to split it 50-50, which if I do the math right is a half a million dollars a piece because we're going to fucking win it. I have a good feeling about you, old HS. All right, number three. Number three, this is our third $25 millionaire maker ticket that you get to make with me completely on the house. Sarah Meyer, 727. Let's go. Let's get a girl in the house. I I got 4% of my listeners are ladies, so I'm glad to see one finally winning. Sarah, can't wait. I'll reach out to you. We're going to make a $25 lineup together. Now I'm going to go over here to the chat because I have over 200 people in here, which is fucking insane. I'm going to put in this, and I'm going to hit winner for a $25 ticket. Hey, Sarah, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Um, Boom, what do we got? Winner. And the Nightbot chooses John Gustafs- Gustafsson. Is that, tell me you're German. Oz, yeah, yeah, German, yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, 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 th- that's my four winners. $25 millionaire maker ticket. I will reach out to you. We got two weeks. Uh, probably be after I get back from Vegas next week, but that's the plan. We're in. Okay, guys, you need to start throwing some questions over here in the q and I'm going to dedicate 748. That's only three minutes late, and we can blame that on the drawing. So we got four winners. We've talked about everything we need to talk about. Now let's get some Q&A because you need to pick this big brain. Do I know everything? No. Do I know more than probably almost anybody else? pga dfs probably probably and i'm not bragging about that that's just a long lonely life of pga dfs man it is what it is all right i'm going back i'm looking at questions let's see if i can put these up on the thing here i think i just click on them man it'd be way cool if you guys would just put questions down at the end i should wait no 10k or uh let's see yeah no 10k or 9k players 2k left on the table man i gotta tell you i'm just not a big fan of leaving 2k on the table cannot do it I am not going to play probably a single 10K player, but you best believe I'm going to be using up all that salary, bro. I'll find somewhere to spend it. Give me all the Maverick McNeely's, brother. Give them to me. So, um, you know, maybe leave 500 on the table. We'll compromise for 500. But 2,000, I mean, 2,000 is like taking, what, fucking Lonto Griffin and getting him up to Sahit Tagala. Like, what are we doing? Come on, don't, don't, don't overdo it here. Let's see. Uh, fire up the ranch water. Kevin, let's fire up some ranch water. Is that, uh, is that Topo Chico and Tequila? Uh, Zach, yes, it is. That is uh, Blue Agave, um, uh, Jose Cuervo, and some Topo Chicos. I'm all over this week. Oh, sorry, I got to start clicking on it. I'm all over this week. Uh, just a sense of opportunity for those. Hey, that's a great point, Bates. R Bates. You guys got to remember that. Everybody's like, I'm taking this week off. Guys, this is where the edge exists. When there's, This is why I love the fall season. Everybody's focused on NFL. Nobody gives a shit about the RSM or 
fucking the Shriners and all those tournaments that are happening in the fall. And that's where the biggest edge exists. That is my highest ROI every year is in the fall season because no one else wants to go fucking grind these slap dicks and find out about them and play the leverage game. They want to make their football lineups and not worry about golf till January. Okay, great. That's more advantage for me. These are the weeks you should take the serious. Matter of fact, if you're ever going to slow down on a week, you should slow down on the major weeks because that's when everybody is putting out quality content and everybody's giving it their best focus. So John Deere, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, all, I'm playing it. Uh, interesting win scenario tomorrow. Dan, I agree. Um, I'm not all in on it, but I am leaning AM PM. Uh, how does Friday Rivers look or how does the Rivers look for Friday? Uh, I don't know. What the, oh, reverse. How does the, I don't know what the hell you're saying. I'm sorry. Friday is flat all day. This is way back on weather. I'm going to skip around here. Todd, 15% owned. Uh, Christian, I agree that he is probably going to be in that 12 to 15%. And when you factor in that he's not good at easy courses like I thought, that's pretty disappointing. Sorry, I'm late. I'm watching just Luke. He just ended. Oh, no, no, no. You leave Luke early to be here, sir. Luke's my friend. He'll understand. Let's go. Uh, thank you, Mr. Baum. Billy, Billing, being preemptive. One guy I'm definitely not playing this week is Webb. One guy I'm for sure rossing is Adam Long. Did you just try to guess my shit because you were half right and you were almost 100% right? But you're wrong because you're a loser like Rory. Uh, make your own picks. That's it, man. Make your own picks. If you came here for picks, it's the wrong fucking show for you, brother. Uh, what's greater, the number of ounces of ranch water you're drinking tonight or the score under par this week? Oh, probably how much ranch water I'm drinking. I, 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 that might be a little biased in the answer because I really got to pee right now. Griffin and Lashley are the plays for me this week. I really like Lonto Griffin. Nate Lashley, I can see. I just, I don't know. A chalky Nate Lashley is something like getting a finger to the eyeball. It just talking, it just rubs me the wrong way. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, well, what happens in Vegas is me shooting probably a 97 and breaking some fucking clubs. So I hope that stays in Vegas. Do I dare play day? I am. I am I, 10%. I'm going to play 10% day. I'm going to do 160 lineups. He'll be in 16 of them. There you go. Uh, price picks is so sick. Well, I'm glad you think so, Brian, because I'm doing a show tomorrow and I fucking win at that shit. Of course, as much as I talk shit about winning, I'll fucking, the first show I put out, will be like loser fest, but I only make ones. I make very conservative plays that I see a clear definitive edge. I don't just gamble to gamble on that shit. I know my name's the degenerate 75, but you know, like I also have to like live in shit. Uh, is there a showdown edge for Friday? Too early to tell the peach, uh, but you can check with me tomorrow and I'll definitely tell you day is going to be low owned. Uh, that's the understatement of the day, David, especially now that you got people like me saying that he's the hurt. Uh, you will. Okay. Don't, don't be talking to each other. Sean peasant. Yes. I, I, you know, Sean, that's the first time I've called somebody a peasant. That's a big term of mine. A little disappointed. It took like 23 episodes for me to get peasant out. Let's fucking go. I fucking agree. Yes, I need a ticket. Star-Lord Dad, it's coming, brother. I always see you. I always see you. You'll get it. Steven Tucker, I'm glad you're doing this. This is one of the best golf DFS shows I've seen, man. Keep up the good work. Hey, Steven Tucker, you're one of the best uh, people in chat I've ever seen, so I appreciate you, brother. G75 is a great American, even though uh, I'll be away from DFS on vacation this week. No, 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 Sean. This is what you do. You make all your lineups. It's like that old rotisserie thing on the infomercials at 2 in the morning. Set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. That's what you do. And then you come back Sunday and you find $52,000 in your DraftKings account. That's how you roll, Sean. D75, are you fading Rory? I I will be fading Rory not only tomorrow, but for the rest of my life because he's a fucking loser. All in on Rory this week? Um, Yeah, no. No, never all in on Rory. All in on fading Rory. Mushing his career. Uh, let's see, Christian, I'm fading the whole 9K, 10K this range. I Man, there's some guys in the 9K I'm not sure you want to fade, but you do you. Hey, you're the actor of your own movie, big guy. Uh, I'm deleting my lineups now. D75 dialed in this week. Thanks, Dalton. I do feel dialed in, but, you know, I got to give it up to my sponsor, soon-to-be sponsor, Ranchwater in Topo Chico. David Irwin, I bet the optimal this week leaves something like 3.5K on the table. David... I bet if we ran the optimal after round one, that will be spot on. The good players over time will kind of start to merge up the leaderboard, but there will be three guys below 6,800 that finish probably in the top seven to 10. I would agree with you, sir. Uh, I didn't even have that up there. Anybody else uh, starting with Hal? Um, You could. Conservative wiener. Uh, As soon as I say that, he'll shoot great. Don't not play guys because I said something. I'm fucking wrong all the time. I I just got a style that works for me called people that play PGA DFS are fucking morons. So I'll just do the opposite of what they're doing. And it tends to work out a good two to three times a year. Damn it. You made me horrible for uh, trying to be proactive. That's how I roll, bro. I'm playing Yahoo tiny contest, but learning there. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. If, as long as you're comfortable with what you're wagering, do it. Let's see. 
I don't play FanDuel because of the payouts. Well, I mean, $20,000 the first, David, over in their main $7 contest this week. Let's not play. You win $20,000. You're going to be fucking, like, jumping around your living room. Don't play. Don't play. Place an outright on Nick Hardy. I'll be rooting his ass on this week. Well, a good thing. If you already put, put a bet on him, just fade him in DraftKings. And if he wins, you're going to be happy one way or the other. And now you don't have to play that donkey chalk. I guess he was eh chalk. Uh, Christian Smith, fade or not fade Lowry at the Irish Open? I, what? Oh, fuck. I don't know. What, what's the Irish Open? I don't know. Play the whole narrative. Shane Lowry in Ireland. I mean, he's got to do well. Boys, oh, yeah, go hit the like. Thank you, dude. Yeah, go hit the like for me. If this don't get 200 likes, I'm going to get butter. I want to see likes. Um, because, like, you know, that's what draws people in here. There's going to be some guy who's going to click on this video tomorrow and be like, who the fuck is this guy? And, like, they're going to say, oh, I had 250 likes, then he must be okay. So go drop me a like. Best advice I've taken away from you, just play in the higher stakes single entry GPBs. Uh, yes, uh, it's very good. It's a very good strategy, especially if you're willing to play some really nice pivots up there. Because when you start getting into the 100 dollars $3,000 single entry, those guys get conservative as fuck. They just go straight Charles Howell. They ain't even trying to hit birdies anymore. They're just trying not to fucking bogey. Um, those $100 single entries are where it's at. Michael, me too. I'm winning a lot more playing single entry. I'm telling you guys, the most important thing to consider in PGA DFS, without question, is ownership. It is the most important thing. The second most important thing you can consider when you are trying to become a successful PGA DFS player is, without question, contest selection. You do those two things, that right there will dramatically slow down your losing, or if you're only losing a little bit, it'll probably dramatically increase your winning. Huh, what a thought, weather. Thank you, Frankie. Michael Walton, yes, sir. Con- contest selection always helpful. Hey, I just fucking said that. David Border won a $4,444 ticket last week. I saw it, David. Fucking, I hope you go win that million bucks, and I would like one beer after you do. Thank you. Beat those assholes, Mark Lovin. Hey, Mark Lovin's not an asshole. He's, I've met him. He's a really nice guy. Um, I, not in person. Nice, David. Let's the last person to uh, only have five or six this week. Let's go. Well, a good way to get a 6-6 six, six is just play enough. Love beating that guy. LOL. Anybody got any money they don't care about? Give it to me. Hey, Florida Raider. Uh, there's a teacher. Hey, I used to be a teacher because I was a loser. Uh, I'm kidding. Teachers are great. Um, Fantasy National. Uh, yeah, Fantasy National. Trust me, David. This is no endorsement of them. Trust me. This is not an endorsement of them. Uh, I had a good friend today ask me, uh, wh- who pisses you off more? The, that site you're always talking about with the terrible ownership or Fantasy National because they're always late putting shit up. I said, oh, well, that's easy. It's Fantasy National because they're always late putting shit up and their ownership projections are terrible. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I use their site all the time. If you know how to use it, it's awesome. If you don't know how to use it, uh, it's not. Cheers, Aaron. I agree. Uh, his site's got to be awesome. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not giving any names. Expensive to sub to that site as well. Yeah, go give your 75 bucks to somebody and tell them to make your picks for you. TJ, Tony, unfortunately, uh, all I care about is my money. Tommy, TJ, don't talk to other people in here. Hey, that's one of the... I, I know that guy. I'm going to beat him at golf. I had a, uh, I had trouble with Leishman at, uh, on RRG last week. Yeah, um, no comment. I hate myself for this, but Champ is going to be like in all of my lineups. Uh, I don't care if he missed a million cuts. Man, Cam Champ, he'll miss the cut. He'll go plus six tomorrow, or he'll win this fucking tournament. I, I agree. I, I got to play him, and it's more of a FOMO thing, and I'm not even that worried because I'm only going to play him probably 15% of my lineups, and I'll easily be times two, times three on the field. So I'm with you there, Caleb. Brian Phillips, uh, I've never not played Champ. Champ is, I mean, let's face it, Champ's kind of a winner. Champ, I think he might be surprisingly unearned. I got sh- I got Champ at about six to 7%, so uh, do with that what you will. Tommy Scott. Uh, chump is donkey chalk. I believe he means champ. And if you think champ's going to be donkey chalk, sir, I believe you're donkey chalk. Caleb, I'm seeing a lot of three to 4% for champ. Yeah, that's closer to that's more accurate than him being donkey chalk. Uh, let's see. Aaron, a rod. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that means. Derek Phillips dead. I'd rather drink mercury than play Rogers. Amen to that. Rick roll 80, 24. This man gets it. The day you ever see me play a 20% owned Patrick Rogers, I will let you have me a free, I mean a free, punch in the jaw. One punch of the bracket you can have on me. I've never heard of Patrick Rogers until this week. Well, there's probably a reason because he fucking sucks. There you go. He's like Rory if Rory only fucking sucked. Like just, you know how Rory always has two good rounds and two bad rounds? Uh, Patrick Rogers is just always the two bad rounds plus another two bad rounds because he sucks. By the way, he's going to win because I'm talking so much shit. I can already see people reposting this shit at me. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Uh, why is uh, Patrick Rogers donkey chop but not Cam Davis? Um, because Cam Davis is cheaper. Cam Davis is a world-class upside talent, whereas Patrick Rogers' upside is like fucking mediocre to average. That's why. Cam Davis has true elite upside. 
It's a very good question, Jordan. Oh, sorry, I should have put that up sooner. Billy, um, okay, he's answering other people's questions. At the barbershop fan, 675, I don't know what the hell that means. Pendrith, a good pivot. Yes, I do like some uh, Taylor Pendrith because there's this whole narrative. He hits the ball far, and this is it. You don't need to be good off the tee here. And, like, when there's stupid fucking narratives like that out there, just go play him because, like, that's just people fucking projecting what they think the course should play like and who should be a good fit on it. And let's be real, they don't fucking know. Uh, Zach Johnson, yay or nay? I'm out, but I get it. I understand this advice is for a large field GPP, but single entry. Uh, I don't think he's talking to me. Rick Roll took his shit off. Tigala, uh, terrible play. Look at the turning results. Uh, yeah, man, Tigala, though, he has that. He just has that elite upside, and that's just something you have to factor in because a lot of these guys, you don't know if you're going to get their A game, they're really motivated, or you're going to get their slap dick C-minus game. And if Tigala has his A game, I, I, I truly think he has more talent than any other person in this field when he has his game. Uh, there you go. I said that's a bold fucking statement, and I stand by it. I stand by it. Even over Webb, you want to you want to fight? Come, I'm a big mofo. You don't want none of this. Single entries. I will play some chalk. Okay, that's cool. Just make sure to make a couple pivots. He definitely struggles. Um, okay, David. Yes, yeah, struggles like never made the cut. Granted, the sample size isn't that large. Probably like one. David, you're being dramatic. Not playing defending champion Lucas Glover. Oh, I'm playing old Lukey Gloves. When I found that one statistic that 10 to 15 foot putts matter here, and for some reason he's good at that, I was like, that's all I needed. Because he really has been. His approach has been back to being like Lucas Glover. Like he's sticking those approaches like his wife sticks fist in his face. Lucas Glover equals Michael J. Fox. Uh, that's that's not nice. I would say, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, on short putts, LOL. Okay, now that one I do agree with. All in on how ownership is good, play good. All right, do it. Hey, if I shit on him, that just means he's an extra 25% more likely to smash. The millionaire looking good. Uh, I assume you're talking about the millionaire, millionaire maker next, or two weeks at the US, or the Open Championship, and they never look good, brother. I'm eyeing how to get in there, uh, get all the donkey chalk on Charles Howe Third. I'll gladly fade him. Anybody got that? I just made it up. I don't know if that's his nickname. Not sure what the fuck you're talking about. R. Bates, Thurston. All right. We're running out of questions here. I see a lot of people talking to each other. Not a lot of questions. You better, I got to pee, so like, I'm just going to scroll down. If I don't see a question, I'll just, hey, Wesley Bryan. There we go, John. You're with me. Canadian uh, is winning this week. Yeah, his name's David Hearn. If that happens, I fucking, you owe me 20 bucks. I don't know why, but just roll with it. Uh, all right, let's see. So just to, uh, oh, Griot. Yeah, I kind of like Griot. I think I'm going to play him. I unstarred him because I had nothing fascinating to say about him, but I'm on board with some Griot. Uh, nom, 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 nom. Didn't I hear a take that Ryan, um, Ryan Moore, did I miss that? Yeah, Ryan Moore uh, plays well at wedge courses and you got a lot of short shots in here, but Ryan Moore fucking sucks. As a guy, he's like Kyle Stanley to me. I've lost more money on those two fucks than anybody, so I'm not playing him, so he'll win. Uh, Cordell. Uh, I miss a lot. Do you like Nick Taylor? Hey, Cordell, go back and watch the replay, man. This whole thing, as soon as this ends, will pop up as a video. You can go back and watch from the start. I think you can actually just rewind from the start here. I don't know. I fucking can barely even start these things, and I have my mute button on half the time, so don't fucking ask me. Two more questions. Uh, saw he putts well here. Uh, who putts? Nick Taylor? Let's go. I mean, I go look real quick. Uh, Nick Taylor. Where are you at, Nicholas Taylor? Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor. Okay, well, now there's a lot of pressure on me to find him. I thought he was 7,600. Oh, he is, 7,500. Nick Taylor, does he putt well here? This is going to be the last big question, so I'm going all in on this. Let's go look at the deer. John Deere, his last three times here, he has putted well. But the flip side of that, the three times before that, he did not putt well. So, you know, I, I guess it's just you can kind of choose to pick those uh, however you want. Thoughts on Andrew Novak? I like him. I have him marked. He will be in 10% of my lineups. Does DK inflate or deflate prices uh, to top? I don't know what the fuck that means, but like their prices are a lot more aggressive than FanDuel's. If you ever go compare the two, it's a lot easier. Go make six guys you like on DraftKings and then go put that exact lineup on FanDuel. You'll almost always have one or $2,000 left over. Much softer pricing on FanDuel. Okay, that's it, Tommy. I don't, CJ, Tony. Uh, all right, guys. Hey, I appreciate you being here. We just rocked for over an hour. It has been fun. I appreciate your time. I'm going to do this shit again next Wednesday at Caesars Palace, mother father. If I'm going to take all this shit with me and set up a live stream at Caesars Palace to talk about what the fuck ever, what is the Scottish Open, your ass better be there. So don't play. You set your schedule Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone and you be there and you support the channel and you go give a like because we're going to get over a thousand so I can have all that money to go play in Vegas because the elbow's feeling loose and it's time to throw some dice corona in this hand two red dice in this hand i'll probably crap out but that's only because i'm a loser 
Don't forget, tomorrow I'm probably going to put out a special prize pick show. So check that out. If you're not into prize picks, watch the show. You might get into it. And like they have really sweet sign-up bonuses, so you might be all about that. And then Friday we're doing the Cut Sweat Show. Be there. We'll probably do it around 4 o'clock. I'll tweet it out. Come in there. Talk shit. Drink ranch water with me. And then, of course, Friday we'll do round three. And Saturday, we'll do round four. We'll win all that money at Showdown that we're not losing from week long because you fucking watched this show and you answered my difficult questions and now you're ready to go. Now you have permission to go make those lineups. Let's go kick ass. Let's go have fun. Hit me up on Twitter if you ever need anything. I'm trying to grow the brand. Help your man out. I appreciate your time. I love you all. This has been fun. I got to get over to OBS. I hope you enjoy my awesome outro. We'll see you later. (laughs) 